Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. This is Toxic Tuesday with your host, Treg Wilson. of Toxic Tuesday. So the big talk uh, going on today is injuries, injuries, injuries. We had uh, uh, Phil Deneau go down in the uh, loss there last night to Arizona and uh, Shea Weber. We're unsure what's going on with Shea Weber. So uh, there's a a big thing going on with that. Uh, It looks like it's going to be a lot longer than a week. However, Good old uh, Claude Julien says uh, Bob McKenzie doesn't know what he's talking about. Paraphrasing, of course. Uh, he's not a god in Montreal, so he doesn't really know. But uh, judging by how long it's taking to determine what it is and that it's get its swelling to go down, I don't think it's anything uh, that's going to be a quick return. Good news on Phil Deneau, who got hit in the face with a puck on a Tatar shot is he uh, will be making the trip to uh, Boston and Pittsburgh, so he... Uh, Looks like he could be back. Maybe he just lost a few teeth and had to, you know, get some uh, prosthetic teeth put in there or dentures put in. So uh, hopefully it's nothing too serious and he's back soon because uh, we can't uh, lose any more people. Now Paul Byron's also going to travel with the team. However, it doesn't look like he's going to play on either game on the road trip. And really judging by the way he played before he left, yeah, are we going to miss him? I don't know. Probably not. Who's he going to take the spot of? Jake Evans? who had an excellent game the other night. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're talking about. Injuries, injuries, injuries. So I've been known to say a few times on Twitter that if it wasn't for injuries, this Habs team would be in a playoff spot. And some people that, uh, you know, and then... Uh, think that's ridiculous. Pittsburgh had all these injuries and they're still doing well. Uh, All teams have injuries. And you're right, all teams do have injuries. Uh, But the Habs seem to have lost Drouin for 37 games. I'll say Paul Byron, uh, even though he wasn't really doing anything before he left. And then you have uh, injuries to Joel Omiya and then uh, um, as well as uh, who else was it? Oh, my uh, Gallagher, Gallagher, who lost some time with his little concu- with his uh, well, I should say little, but with his concussion and that. So uh, that was three of mark top marquee players for us that uh, was out uh, with injuries. Plus, Kotkaniemi missed a lot of time this year, which really affected his game, and now he's finding it again in the AHL. Thank God. But uh, I say 
for the Habs, it does make a difference because the Habs, when healthy, and last year they remained relatively healthy the whole season, uh, they were pretty much a playoff team, 96 points. 96 points pretty much puts them one out of a playoffs this year as it's now projected the final playoff spot will be around 97 points. So if that's the case, then Montreal should, and they were on pace to be around there that year. Now I'll make the argument again, I've done this before, if they won even four games on their uh, 16, two eight-game losing streaks, so 16-game losing streak, or whatever you want to call it, two eight-game losing streaks, uh, even if they won four games, that's eight points. You give Montreal eight points right now, and they're sitting at 69 points, tied with a uh, Philadelphia for the final wildcard spot. So they're in the playoffs. So say they won half the games, eight and eight, because before everyone get injured, before Drew get injured, uh, we were playing around 600 hockey. So say they played 500 hockey and they won eight games. Well, that's 16 points. That puts them up at 77. That actually puts them in tie with Tampa for second in the division. So this is why I say the uh, injuries are so important to the Habs because if they would have remained healthy, and I'm not saying they would have remained at around a 600 team, but they definitely would have been at least 500 or more. I mean, they're playing right now at a 700 rate, even with the loss last night. Uh, if they would have done even better than, say, like I say, if I, even if they won six games. So say they went those 16 games, they went 6-10. and ten. They won six games, that's 12 points. You're still at 73. You're still at 73, and you're still third in the uh, Atlantic. So with, of course, other teams having game in hand, games in hand. So you look at that, and you look at it that way, this team is basically a playoff team. Here's the issue, and here's the issue that uh, Bergevin is yet to address. Uh, and hopefully he does that within the next couple years, because if he doesn't, then we're just rotating our tires. Uh, is adding depth. Not depth like Jordan Wheel, Nick Cousins depth. I'm talking Drewin goes down, we have a winger that can step in and take his spot. Tatar goes down, if he's still here. We have a winger that takes his spot. Suzuki goes down. We have a center that can take his spot. Now, having said that, he may not have to get as many people as he needs. For instance, you have Kotkinemi, Ryan Paling, uh, Jake Evans, and all these guys playing with Laval. Evans is with the parent club right now, but playing in Laval and developing on a Bouchard and becoming good quality players. So, having seem to be pretty deep down the center, but now we have to get that deepness at an NHL level so that if Dodo, say, does miss a game, Kakinemi can step in and be that center that we need. He won't be, maybe, doesn't have to be Dodo, but he has to be good enough and put up at least a few of the points so that we have that, uh, we don't lose that player on the team. So that's the depth they're missing. So you can compare Pittsburgh to Montreal all you want. First of all, Pittsburgh never had Malkin and Crosby out at the same time. Now, Malkin and Crosby on another stage than Gallagher and uh, Armia and Druin. However, when it comes to skill level on your team, they're the top two players. You lose Malkin and Crosby, and Pittsburgh's probably not going to win as much as they do. At the same time, they can lose one to the other. I mean, this year they had Gwensel out, they had Crosby, Latang, So they did have key guys out at the same time, but... 
they have the depth where they have a guy that can step in and fill in at that level. Montreal does not. You lose a Druin, don't have that guy that's going to step in. You have to count on everyone else to pick up their game. And that first eight-game losing streak, well, was their 8-game winless streak, they were 0-5-3, and um, they didn't have that. They lost Druin, they didn't have that finisher, they didn't have that guy that was scoring the points, and uh, Druin was that guy. Uh, the second one, they played actually very well. They uh, uh, lost almost every game by one goal with, of course, a couple empty netters. They only had one point on it, however, because they were losing in regulation. But it almost like they didn't have the finisher. They didn't have the Kovalchuk or whoever to step in and finish their uh, finish the job. They didn't have Gallagher. And that hurt because they couldn't, you know, even if they had a finisher like Kovalchuk or Gallagher early, Kovalchuk was there for the last couple games of the losing streak. But even if you had uh, Kovalchuk and Gall- or Gallagher or someone there or Drew in it, they might have put a goal or two away and they might have came out with two, maybe three wins on that to eight game lose streak. And if that's the case, then, you know, yay or whatever. Uh, but they didn't. So. And that's what you really got to uh, look at. So, I mean, if anything, I have to agree with my uh, Twitter buddy Lori here. We don't agree on everything, but I said this before. Uh, they should have uh, brought in uh, Kovalchuk a little earlier. Uh, maybe he wasn't available or I doubt it because he was looking to play. Uh, so, it's internet. It's it, it's uh, yeah. It's it's really I don't want to say weird, but. Uh, it's it's would be nice to know if he was available or not uh, to come in and, and maybe play or, or do whatever earlier. So that's what Toxic Tuesday, the first parts about today, is about uh, the injuries and the depth. So it's not so much that you can sit there and say, well, Pittsburgh had all these injuries too. Uh, yeah, they did, but they have the depth to cover the injuries where Montreal does not. Montreal, I believe, is a playoff team without the injuries. I don't think they're a contending team. I think they're a playoffs first round and done maybe second round if they get lucky depends on how hot price gets uh but they don't have the depth to be a contending team they have the team to be a playoff team so it's the depth that we need like the quality depth not the the wheels and the and the uh uh cousins and the pekkas and stuff like that it's the it's the someone who can step in and say all right this guy's out you can step into this line and play or we're going to boost our Mia up, and now we still have three lines that can score instead of just two lines that can score now, or, or whatever. Whereas Pittsburgh has the star players that, uh, you know, can cover each other. Malkin, Crosby, you know, they have guys that can step in. We don't, we don't have that. We lose a star player, and we don't have a, another star player to step in. We don't have the, uh, like in Edmonton, you have Dreisaitl, where with McDavid out two or three weeks, he can just step right in and, and you know, maybe take the place of McDavid. Anyway, that's injuries. That's what we've talked about. That's what Toxic Tuesday is about today. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to come back and talk about the development of Kotkaniemi, how he's doing down in Laval, and whether or not he's going to get called up with the injuries or not, or whether those guys should just stay down and develop, and what's going to happen with future prospects. Uh, I'll be right back after this uh, commercial. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms. 
you the games you need. Fergie Gardens gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better characters so you can get the games you need. Get Fergie Gardens, Fergie Gardens, Fergie Gardens today. Not a real project. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want it loyalty, buy a dog. Some people have the notion as well, 
prospects haven't proven anything. Prospects haven't done anything. Prospects are blah, 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 blah. Everything Bruce Ventis is wrong. Well, everything's negative about the Habs. Do, 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 do. Like, you know, yeah, you know, seriously, dudes. Like, nothing, he's not the perfect GM, but he's not so terrible that everything they do is, is, is you know, ridiculous. Now everyone's going on about Timmons. Timmons hasn't drafted well in years. Well, if you go over the past 10 years, McCarron and Sherbacker are the only ones who really, really, you know, didn't do, make it to the NHL or, or do what they we thought they were going to do. And when you're drafting around 25th in the league on average for those 10 years, you're only going to get, what, a, a, an NHLer at 30% or something like that? Uh, Grant McKegg, over who writes for the recruits, and uh, even Brian Wild, they they can tell you they have articles out there about this about the percentages of when you pick, where you pick, and that person making the NHL. As a matter of fact, uh, McKegg just recently put out a recruits thing for everyone for free on Twitter about the draft picks, where they were drafted, and how many game man games that the Habs draft picks since I want to say 2007. Don't quote me on that have played and actually in all honesty the Habs picks have played more than any other more games in the NHL than any other team's picks with like 500 and some odd or something I don't know the numbers I don't have them offhand but uh, go uh, follow Grant McKeg and uh, I'm sure you'll find that little article uh, shout out to you Grant and uh, so uh, having said that Montreal has uh, just sent Kotkaniemi and Fleury down. Now, Kotkaniemi uh, was having a, a rough year this year. He de- dealt with uh, a lot of injuries. He dealt with a, a, a maybe some confidence near the end there and, and, and just getting used to his body. He gained 15 pounds. He had knee surgery coming into the season. He had, a, a, I think, a concussion, and he had a groin injury that, that went out for a while. Uh Anyway, he got sent to Laval, which was the proper thing for him to do. And uh, so, and then they uh, also sent uh, uh, Fleury down because Fleury was sitting in the, in the, in the press box. Uh, people will say rookies don't get a chance with Julian. The thing with Julian is rookies have to, we talked about this on the last Habs Unfiltered, they have to earn his trust and they have to earn their spots. Suzuki started the fourth, his gameplay and the way he played, he's now first, second. He's the second line center. Uh, Jake Evans. Jake Evans has only played a couple games, but he went from a fourth line guy. Then when Deneau got hurt against Arizona, he picked up the minutes. He was killing penalties. He was on the power play. He was getting the minutes. So it's not that the wheels and the cousins and that are better than these rookies. I mean, they are in some ways. Julian just trusts them. Now, personally, I don't think... I personally don't think Julian's the right coach for this type of team, but he seems to be winning lately. He has them moving. Again, if they were healthy, they'd probably in a, be in a playoff spot or at least closer to a playoff spot than what they are. Uh, so that's that. But now with Kutnemi and Fleury going down, I'm sure when Byron comes back, Evans will be down. Paling was just sent down. I think that's the proper place for them right now. Laval looks like they're going to be on the cusp of making the playoffs. And if this team can uh, quit playing Kincaid, uh, they might actually make the playoffs. Um, so these guys will get a, a good group down there. They'll get used to skating with the puck, as uh, Brian Wild keeps saying. 
you can play, you know, 30 minutes a game, but if you're just skating up and down the ice without the puck to do your thing, you're not going to learn anything. At least in Laval, uh, they're going to learn something. They're going to get the minutes. They're going to get the pucks on their stick. And they're going to be able to. Connie Nemi's gone down there and played three games and had seven assists. So, four games, seven assists, something like that. But still, he's over a point per game guy, and he's just ripping it down in the AHL. Pretty soon, he's hopefully he'll get some goals in there. Hopefully, Paling's game will pick back up. It did. When he, w- when he was down there. I thought Paling played good in Montreal. He just wasn't getting the puck. Uh, he was fighting in the corners and doing it ways. So now we have talk about next year. And two important guys that people want to see come over. Uh, Alexander Romanov, good buddy of mine, personal friend, and uh, Cole Caulfield. Uh, we're kind of close, Caulfield and I, because we're around the same height, which isn't very tall. But... Uh, Personally, I think Cole Caulfield should maybe stay another year in Wisconsin. I don't know whether he will or not because the team is terrible this year. Uh, They're not going to make the playoffs. He has a chance to sign with the big club and come over and either play with Montreal Laval before the end of the NHL or AHL season. Uh, Sure, maybe do a paling thing, come over and play a game or two, see what you do. I personally believe he's not quite there yet. I think he has the talent. I think he has the skill. I think he's going to be a 35-40 goal scorer for the Montreal Canadiens. And I'm, I don't think that's on the high. I think that's a legit uh, thing that he can do. And if that's the case, then uh, let him come over when he's ready. Uh, as for Alexander Romanov, I think he can step in right next year and be an AHLer. Everything I hear from... Uh, People over in uh, in the in covering uh, the Russian teams, like uh, uh, they think he's going to be an NHL uh, player. They think he's going to come right over and seamless go into the NHL, and hopefully he will. I don't think he's going to be a top four pairing to start the season anyway. And I still wouldn't be upset if Romanov came over and played in Laval. I'm perfectly okay with that. Uh, Cole Caulfield, on the other hand, like I said, I think he's going to be a 35, 40 goal scorer, but I think it's going to be on the. Uh, uh, I think he should be in a ne- take another year in Wisconsin. That choice will be up to him. And if he doesn't, uh, I would. L- I wouldn't mind seeing him in Laval. Let's, like, again, I quote Brian Wild again. These guys need to have the puck on their stick. They can't be buried on the fourth line playing eight minutes and not playing with the puck because they're just not going to learn anything. So, uh, and that's and that's that. That's my that's my view on prospects in the future. Uh, sure, they haven't proved anything yet, but the potential. People are not looking at the potential, and it, it, it pisses me off that people sit here and they go, "Oh well, they haven't proven anything yet. They haven't proven anything yet." Yeah, but you had no issue uh, with anyone else draft picks saying the same thing. So. Why is it other teams can sit there and say, oh, man, look at the draft picks we got. We're going to look so good in the future. Is everyone going to work out? No. But you can tell the ones that are and the ones that aren't if you if you know what you're looking at. I've been watching hockey a long time. I'm not a scout. But I know Cotton Yanemi is probably going to be a two, a high three, second center. I know Paling's probably going to be a good third-line center or maybe a top-six winger. Caulfield's going to be a pure goal scorer. Size is going to be a, a, a matter, but he can find the open spots and put the puck in the net. He's going to be a good player. Same with Romanov. You can tell these guys are going to be good. You look at the guys that aren't like McCarron and uh, Louis LeBlanc and all these other picks, and you knew something was off. As soon as you started seeing him play in the pro, you knew something was off. They weren't these, yeah, th- I think this guy's going to be really top-notch. Y- y- you knew that. 
Uh, but you know the guys that we have, not all of them, but a lot of them are going to be really good, good hockey players in the NHL. And do we have an elite player? Mm, maybe. Maybe Colefield could be an elite player. Maybe. Maybe Romanov. I don't think Romanov's going to score the points everyone thinks he's going to get, but he's definitely going to be a top four uh, left-handed left uh, two-way defender. Uh, so anyway, that's my show today. Don't forget about the contest. Don't forget to uh, uh, listen to Habs Unfiltered on Friday. And if your name's called, you win the Funko Pop. You can DM us to tell us where to send it. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see that uh, Habs Unfiltered is the uh, 18th best sports podcast in Canada on Apple. Uh, thank you very much for that. And we are the number one Habs-related podcast on uh, on Apple as well. So thank you very much. That's between the two shows. Uh, but we're all one big family here. Uh, and, again, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks for putting us where we're at. And I hope to hear from you on Friday. And I hope maybe your name's called and you get to win that Fungo Pop. All right, guys. Have a good night. Sleep well. I know it was a bad loss to Arizona, but guess what? We're going to come back and we're going to win some more. I'm just going to play the same song because I'm kind of lazy as I go out. And I will see you Friday. Duh. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.